0: So, Berto, have you ever taken a personality test or some other kind of test in order to get hired or at your job? You know, you're, you're applying for a job and mm-hmm. they, they, in addition to interviewing you, they, they make you – uh you know complete this personality test to see like how Whoa. screwed up you are have you ever done that before
1: you know not as part of a job interview i've certainly done personality tests before with yeah. you even i've i've but... submitted
0: you to a few right uh subjected you to Sub-
1: submitted me yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you uh so you've but you've done them in, at work as a part of like oh
1: yeah i've done that as part of training and things like that but not as part of a job interview i've training done... what
0: do you mean training
1: uh there were classes that i took Where it was... How to communicate better. uh, Things like that. And then so part of the class was like, okay, you're going to take this personality test. And we're going to talk about how to work with different kinds of personalities. But you've never been tested as a part of being hired. Not that I can remember.
0: Okay. Well, that's what I want to talk about today. Because you actually asked that we talk about this. Yeah.
1: But I've had a lot of jobs, so I might have forgotten. (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's true. I'm surprised you haven't had a job as a tester of personalities for hiring, actually. Well...
1: Maybe in the future. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the widespread use of psychological testing for hiring Mm -hmm. and the debate about it, because there's a lot we can say, and there's a lot of research on it. This is the Psychology in Seattle podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kirk Honda. I'm a therapist and a professor.
1: Who are you, Bertha? My name is Humberto Castaneda. I am uh, in a Bare Naked Ladies tribute band, (laughs) <laughs> and and c- could you give us a little
0: taste of uh, your your stylings?
1: Chickadee China, the Chinese chicken, you have a drumstick and your brain stops sticking. So I heard that you <laughs>
0: used to think that was like legit hip-hop back in
1: the day. Well, <laughs> yeah, you're outing me. There was a time, I mean, keep in mind, what's this, from the 70s, 60s? Yeah, way back, <laughs> way back. There was a time where I wasn't as exposed to uh, good hip-hop, good rap. So I grouped that together with like, oh yeah, have you heard of NWA? Sure. Have you heard of Bare Naked Ladies? <laughs> <laughs> oh man!
0: Oh my goodness! <laughs> okay, so I have actually taken some tests too at work. This was long ago. I I remember taking a Myers Briggs test in the mid nineties when I was before I was a therapist. I, I was working at a group home. For uh, troubled youth, Mm -hmm. and we we all took a Myers Briggs, and I remember we all sat around as staff trying to learn how what the results meant regarding our style of work and Mm. what our strengths and weaknesses were and whatnot.
1: Is the Myers Briggs the one that does like ENTJ, INTJ? That's yeah. So I did that one for work again, not to get hired, but. Um, as part of a training and we were doing it in order to learn about different personalities and how you might relate differently to them and stuff like that. And I remember also
0: taking another test when I, before I even wanted to be in psychology, I was in marketing and business Mm. for a very short amount of time. That was my bachelor's degree was in business and marketing. And I had a job as a, as a researcher researching assistant really at a hospital in Kirkland, actually, kind of by where, just across mm. the freeway from where you are, you know, Ever um, Evergr- no, Evergreen, yeah, Evergreen Medical Center, um, and they had all the employees do a very extensive personality test, and I still have it somewhere in my closet, and it it was it had like several different domains that it measured you on. Mm. And I remember having really no idea why I was doing it or how to interpret the results. I just remember thinking like, what is, I just remember being very boggled. My 23 year old mind was just kind of boggled as to why are we doing this and what's the purpose? But I kept it. I still have it. uh, And I I should, I should bust it out. How many workers in the U.S. are are being assessed currently? Do you think you know when they ask? Yeah, any tests, whether for hiring or
1: oh wow, that's a great question. Um, I would say ten million
0: Uh, percentage.
1: Oh, uh, so twenty percent,
0: sixty percent,
1: sixty percent.
0: What percentage of new hires at Fortune five hundred companies have been given the MBTI in the past decade? That's the Myers-Briggs. Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. Uh, Well, according to that, I'll say 50%. 80%. 80%? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's new hires. So those are, I I mean, from the language that I was reading, it's after you you have been hired, they give you the Myers-Briggs as a way of trying, again, to help you fit in better or learn your strengths and weaknesses. Wow, that's shocking. Yeah. How much money per year does this industry make? Uh, what you know? There's Myers Briggs, and there's uh-huh. like a ton of other kinds <laughs> of assessments, and and there's firms that specialize in providing these assessments for people. How, how much money in, in the United States do you think?
1: A billion dollars. A uh, half
0: that, ha- uh, half a billion wow. a year. And how how fast is it growing each year in terms of the revenue?
1: It's growing at percentage. a rate of percentage
0: wise 15 oh awesome between 10 and 20 percent. wow th- i think you just nailed there <laughs> uh do you know about any laws that pertain to the use of tests in the workplace
1: laws oh well uh yeah you probably can't um it probably has to be anonymized and if you probably can't no, use results true. oh you don't okay it's not true well you probably can't use i mean how, how would it work
0: if it was anonymized
1: well i, mean, I guess what i mean is other workers probably can't just access someone's results. They right? can.
0: They can. Actually. They can.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's not. It's
0: not a medical. It's not medically protected inf- information. It's. It's like your resume, mm-hmm. or when you get interviewed, when the interviewer jots notes down in terms of your responses. That's that's tol- That's not private information.
1: I guess you're right from a legal standpoint. I was thinking.
0: I mean, if in- you're harmed by if if a uh, you know if Microsoft. Does some test on someone and releases it publicly, and that person is harmed by that, then then you can sue them, but but there's no, it's not medical, it's not patient health information like the like like the way it it probably should be
1: treated. Okay, well, for one thing, you probably cannot discriminate against people based on the results of the test.
0: Well, we're going to get into that, actually, in terms of, well, what can't they discriminate? Well, isn't that the whole point? You're trying to discriminate between a good hire and a bad hire. You're trying to discriminate between someone who's going to be good for the job and someone who's not going to be good for the job. That's the whole point of the
1: test. Ouch. Okay, okay, okay. Wow. So, okay, can you uh, definitely not segment it by race or well, gender?
0: Yeah, but, the, well, so the tests don't. Ask for that. The tests right. don't ask what is your gender and what is your race. It,
1: but I could see that I could see an unethical company asking those additional questions and then sorting. Well, they'll
0: know based on other kinds of things, <laughs> either by face to face or sure. other kinds of demographics that they ask for or just. I yeah,
1: don't know. but what if they were doing things like, okay, we're going to track how many women are different personality types compared to how many men and how compared to by race?
0: Yeah. So. Yeah, but no, you know, that's not – it's not against the law. And we'll get more into the specifics on that because it's a little shady. Is anything illegal? (laughs) Well, so there's two main laws that pertain. One is is that you can't discriminate against people who have disabilities. Mm -hmm. And so if someone has major depression and the test reveals that and you don't want to hire someone who's depressed – because you're worried about their job performance, then you have discriminated against them oh my gosh. based based on mental
1: illness. Does so, that does that make sense? Like you can you can totally discriminate based on subtle differences. Yeah. But large differences are out. <laughs> well yeah another way
0: of putting it is there are symptoms of depression that a lot of people, a lot of employers will use as indications as to whether or not someone is someone they should hire, for instance, how motivated they are, how much energy they have, how productive they are. (laughs) Well, if if you're depressed, you know, you're, you're, you're gonna, you're not, you're gonna have less motivation. You're going to have less self-esteem. You're going to, you're going to have less energy. You're going to be tired a lot. You're going to miss work maybe more often than other people. And so, but, in the right. same, but it, it's considered a disability in the same way that you can't discriminate against someone because they can't walk or right, right, they right. they have trouble with their hands. The, you know well, I mean? the
1: analogy would be if somehow you could... If someone walks in with a limp, you could discriminate against them. But if they walk in missing a leg, you have to hire them.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's more complicated than that, of course. Of course. Uh,
1: but, but seriously, it's interesting because... A lot of times they might say, like, wow, they show some symptoms of maybe lacking motivation. I don't think I want to hire them. Right. But then they might say, like, oh, no, this person's fully clinically depressed. It's like, oh, okay, we have to hire them?
0: Right. Right. Wow. Right. So now it gets into proving Mm -hmm. that the – so someone would have to sue – and then the court would have to determine if the employer actually mm-hmm. discriminated purely based or mainly based on or at least partially right. based on the fact that you have this quote unquote disability instead of general terms like well, we determined that this person wasn't really fit for the job as well as other people because they seemed to be not not a go getter they didn't mm-hmm. they didn't have self initiation or what do they call. What do they call those? I love a lot of the business terms. That, you know, <laughs> uh, another law that, is, that pertains, it was an act, a federal act passed in 1988. That's the Employee Polygraph Protection Act that s- basically prevents employers from using the polygraph. Oh, okay. Because they were most polygraph. This is something I learned in prep for this episode was most polygraphs in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, were not for criminal proceedings or criminal purposes, trying to determine if someone had committed a crime or something. It was to determine if what sort of person someone was in terms of hiring them.
1: They would use them in jobs interviews? Yeah,
0: they would say, you know, have you ever embezzled money from your Mm. other jobs? Um, Have you ever cut corners at work or something? And actually, now that I think about it, my friends – who became police officers? They have. They. I don't know if they still do, but uh, in the past, they had yeah, to pass a polygraph themselves. Are
1: polygraphs reliable?
0: No, absolutely not. They're. Well, I think what you mean is valid. No, they're not valid measures. They're. They've been debunked a billion times over. You can one trick them because it's all based on. It, it's trying to guess if if you're lying based on your physiological. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, what do you call it, reaction, I suppose. So, so like a
1: psychopath might not have an issue with.
0: Right. Or you might just be really good at remaining calm as you lie, yeah. especially if you learn how to do that. Because mm-hmm. there are techniques that you can follow that, that make it so you don't do that. Plus, the false positive lies are when you get asked a question even though you're not lying, but you're right. ki- but you're kind of worried that you're going to be seen as lying, then your body might have a reaction. Especially if you're strapped up to a device. Yeah, and you're just like, oh, God, I hope my body doesn't freak out yeah. because that will indicate I'm lying. You know? And I'm
1: not. I really am not. <laughs> yeah, ah, I'm yeah. lying. Ah.
0: And, and, and science has debunked polygraph. Now, what we've talked about in other episodes is the general public doesn't know that. And so I see. police and lawyers will sometimes use polygraph basically to trick people into telling the truth. So mm-hmm. they'll say, well, so you're saying you weren't there on the night of blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, H- care to do a polygraph on that, you know? <laughs> and if the person's like, fuck you, I did it. You know what I mean? It, 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 or, or they do the polygraph and you tell the, the person administering it to lie and say they, they didn't pass it. And then, and then, this you know the subject in, in question is now sort of pressured into settling or something you know I a see. plea deal or something it's like look we got a polygraph that <laughs> you failed it so i don't know what to tell you and the guy's like crap they caught me you know whereas right, right. if you're like what how, how did that happen i wasn't like you know what i mean yeah, that's right. sort of a litmus anyway um <laughs> uh what are uh, assessments used for percentage wise between post in post hiring and pre-hiring what are assessments used for? So, like, how much? How what? How of the assessments mm. being used in the workplace? What percentage are used to hire someone as opposed to helping you at your oh, job? Oh,
1: okay, okay. Oh, okay, that's a good one. I'd say uh, so. It was sixty percent, eighty percent of the work. I would say of uh, fifty-fifty. Uh,
0: not bad. It's it's about. Twenty percent are used for hiring, and the oh, rest, so the okay. vast majority are used for after that 's
1: actually more encouraging,
0: yeah um, okay, so the basic method that this follows that I read, which makes sense, but because when I hear about testing, i what popped in my head was. All they do is they just give this personality test and they mm-hmm. just hire based on that and that's not how it goes. It it just work it they work it into all the other normal ways. So you get the resumes, you whittle it down, you interview, you whittle it down, you you administer the assessments, you whittle it down. Mm-hmm. You have another interview, you you whittle it down. Maybe even there's an observation like, you know, show me your work or do your thing or, you know, uh, <laughs> perform monkey build up build a house for me yeah. you know um and the guy's like uh i'm i'm a programmer why am i asking me <laughs> just joking um and then once all those things are done you consider everything so the assessments aren't like a do or die situation right you know it's like it's part of the bigger picture um all right so here are some of the claims and services that i read online uh I, and i love all the all the business speech that they give but Here's a quote, the Hogan, it's a Hogan organization, the Hogan Archive contains case studies demonstrating ROI or return on investment across virtually every industry for nearly all job titles listed in the U.S. Department of Labor's Occupational Information Network, unquote. What's wrong with this claim? Were you listening closely?
1: Whoa. um, It seems biased.
0: Yeah, well, it's so there. It's on their website, yeah, so they're obviously saying they're they're basically yeah, right. saying that there's there's proof of return on investment. You know, because yeah, that's but, the that's the big thing for business, right? But that's it's how like,
1: they sell their services. Right? If you're gonna
0: pay for a service, <laughs> right. it, is there a return on investment? So, you know, because the whole thing is all dollars and cents, right? It's like okay, if I'm Microsoft and I'm gonna hire Hogan to right. test all of our applicants. And it's going to cost a million dollars. Are we going to make two million dollars or save two million dollars right, right, right. as a result of that? And they're saying, uh, "So I'll read it again." And when you hear it, it, it'll it'll it should pop out to you. The Hogan Archive contains case studies demonstrating ROI across. Did you hear it?
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Well, the, the Hogan Archive, their archive,
0: their archive contains studies. Ca- well, it's I, I guess case you're not, studies. It's case studies. So maybe you're not familiar with. Uh, uh research terms but case studies are not they're, they're not necessarily valid because they are one cherry or two picked. cases you, yeah I essentially see. they could be cherry-picked is see. the thing and they're not uh, in order to like hey this guy right. seems successful it's essentially an anecdote right of <laughs> yeah, one person now research case studies are a valid way of of researching things, especially when it's a complex thing like sure. like um
1: And you want qualitative data about a yeah. sequence of things. Yeah. And, yeah. But of
0: course if you're a business you're probably gonna choose the case studies right. that
1: like we do that in, in my in my job because you know when we go perform our bare naked covers um, we do case studies with the audience members yeah. to see how they react throughout the set. Right. We have case studies that
0: prove that we have a hundred percent likability. Um, it just so happens that we ask people who who liked us and then we go up to them and we we and we have to ask them to fill out a survey. And even with there it's a one percent likability. <laughs> yeah. The other thing is is I don't know how you would measure return on investment on a service like this. I mean imagine the factors involved, right? right. Like you have Microsoft one year not doing any personality assessment. Mm -hmm. And then the next year you have them doing personality assessment. Well, are you know, across all departments,
1: right? Right, and then you track the individual contributions for that year from those people compared to the ones that were already there. Yeah, and not counting for cross pollination somehow. Yeah, or the economy. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, there's too many uh, factors, so
0: there's 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 no way to. But know. you could
1: supposedly, or not supposedly. You, I could imagine you could follow a number of people randomized over an amount of time and see. If over time, they perform better or worse, or if they... How do you
0: define perform better?
1: I mean, mean only based on the company's definitions themselves.
0: Right. But that's a hard thing to measure, right? It's usually based on managers rating their employees. Totally.
1: I'm not saying that it would... It might not mean anything in the real world. But if you could tell, hey, Microsoft, we ran a Microsoft-specific study with... You know tracking a hundred individuals over the last three years, blah 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 blah, and using your ratings, these perform right. better on your terms yeah they then Microsoft might be like, "Oh, that's interesting, right, yeah uh, here's another quote: "Our assessments
0: have never been legally challenged in court." <laughs>
1: So like, that's you know. that's a scary quote. Yeah, Imagine yeah. you're advertising your services, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, come eat my hamburgers. Yeah. I have never been sued for killing anybody. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've never been successfully sued. Successfully sued for killing anyone with my hamburgers. <laughs> um here uh here's another one. Get a clear blueprint of a candidate's key natural behaviors and talents. So Get a clear blueprint
1: blueprint wow. of a
0: candidate's key natural behaviors and talents, natural behaviors, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Determine exactly how these traits fit with your open position.: okay. Exactly. Yeah. Zero in on areas where there's a mismatch, where the candidate will likely face challenges and maybe even failure. Determine realistically if weaknesses will respond to training or coaching, or if they simply must be accepted as is. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Predict job performance. Evaluate career career derailers. Like I just career
1: derailers. Career derailers.
0: Identify and mitigate performance risks that can degrade leadership success, erode relationships, and damage professional reputation. Identify potential. Find and develop your organization's next generation of top talent. Um, so there's all that, you know, kind of business speak.
1: I guess, you know, like if you can imagine if they embed themselves pretty deeply in a vertical and they really know what that vertical is all about, what historically is successful, what kind of people, blah, blah, blah. And then they, they, they follow that for a while. You could imagine them having some good data. But but broadly speaking, it seems intractable. Well,
0: Right. So that's that's the science is if, for instance, Microsoft, mm-hmm. you
1: identify exemplary plur- employees. And not even you'd have to go even deeper. Like, we're going to be looking at developers and maybe even a specific type of developer. Right, right. right. So
0: because yeah. every job requires yeah. a different set of skills, maybe. Right. But you take all of your employees and you identify the best ones, which right. is... An arbitrary thing. It's like right. who evaluates that again? It's probably usually managers, mm-hmm. and it's probably people that they just sort of like better, you know. Yeah. And then you test them, and you you identify their personality type, and you average that out, and then you look for employees that ma- You look for applicants yeah. who match that, and of that course. Profile.
1: That could lead to a self fulfilling culture, which could be toxic. Right. It could not be the thing that you need to survive in the next decade. And totally.
0: Now, of course, people who hire will say, "We think about all that stuff. We right. we try to. We don't just blanketly hire someone if their personality right. uh, thing." And to me, it it again at first when I thought about this, I was like, "This seems kind of bullshit." It's like using psychology tests. From people who don't really know how to use them to hire people, it seems really stupid. But what alternative do we have? Mm -hmm. You know, you
1: uh, right now the the state of affairs is (laughs) is, isn't better than that. You ask a few random questions and then you make some gut feel decisions. Yeah, you look
0: at a resume, you have some interviews, and then so that you know, and that's based on them and their. They could fake it, you know, right. and they provide references to you that they want you to call. Yeah. And you, as the observer or your team, has to figure it out. And as a person who, you know, hires people at Antioch, I've, I've hired many professors and I've also interviewed people for the program. So, so I, I've interviewed hundreds of students to get into the program, and I've probably interviewed, I don't know, dozens of professors who are applying to Antioch to work there. And I can tell you that it is, it is so hard to figure this stuff out. Mm-hmm. I, I, have, I have hired – this is long ago, uh, 15, 20 years ago or something. I hired someone – I was on a committee that ended up hiring someone that was awful, that was like one of the worst, worst coworkers I've ever worked with. And mm-hmm. everyone agreed. And and to this day, there are people who like <laughs> hate me because, or not hate me, but they're like, "Kirk, weren't you on that person's hiring committee?" <laughs> and I'm like, "God damn it!" And but that person seemed perfect. Yeah, their resume was stellar. They interviewed so well. Right. right they right. said everything just right, but their real personality it doesn't come out. And what if we had a personality test? I wonder if that would have helped. <laughs> Interesting. You know.
1: I don't know. I mean it, it might, but there's still so much I, I look, I have worked with people in different jobs. I've worked with people that have severe uh vertical like personality weirdnesses. When you say vertical, what do you mean by I that? I mean like pick one category and go deep on that. Oh. and so like, you know, examples would be someone who really does not do well in groups, someone who cannot speak up cannot speak their mind stuff like that right or the other extreme someone who can cannot be quiet or cannot like you know sort of self-regulate right but the the output has sometimes been so valuable right that you you know right so different jobs require different skills
0: and no one's perfect and so where are the sacrifices of course everyone would want everyone to be perfect in all areas but of course no one's like that and actually, what I ended up resorting to was something that Paul David, my predecessor, did, and I followed his lead, was that I would always hire people that I knew mm, yeah. or that I knew who knew them. Yeah. Uh, of the instructors, I, we hired in the CFT program in the last year something like five or six people and all of them i know either personally very well mm-hmm. or i know someone who knows them very well mm-hmm. and i grilled them i was just like so you know do you recommend that person oh yeah she is the best um i need i really need you to tell me <laughs> honestly cuz i don't want to make a mistake here oh yeah she's the best if you had one bad thing to say about her what would it be and you, you know there well, I don't know, maybe this or that. You know, keep, Tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> I, I need to know this, you know, because if, if this is a bad hire, I'm going to come after you. You know what I mean? <laughs> and the people that we hired are – and, and my, at my university, we have several programs. We have, you know, six or seven programs. Mm-hmm. And to my observation, my program is the only program that hires like that. We're the only program that – at least to the extent that we do – Everyone we've hired has been it has been people that referral, uh, along those lines, you yeah. know, or students who graduate. I mean, yeah. I'm a student from the program, right. and Paul hired me right after I graduated, so I'm am a typical example of that. Yeah. And uh, whereas other programs, they do it the normal way, where yeah. they they put out a national search because that's the typical university model is. Not international searches, yeah. especially in psychology programs. You know, because you got to pull from talent all over the country, all over the world. Yeah. And what ends up happening? I've just seen these processes fail. Oh, either mm-hmm. one, they hire a, the totally wrong person, um, or they hire someone who's great but doesn't have any loyalty and quits after a year. Mm, after you've invested. The thing about university hires is these are long-term jobs, right? You are. I was considered the new guy, even though I had been there fifteen years. Oh wow! Do you know, especially back in the day. Sure. Now there's a lot of new people in Antioch. But
1: how many years have you been there?
0: I've been there since I've been teaching since '97, so it's twenty years.
1: Wow! Yeah.
0: In fact, it is exactly twenty years this month. Like when I met you, actually, you'd this already week. Been this there. week it is exactly twenty years.
1: Oh my gosh! When I met you, you'd already been there almost a decade.
0: Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been there a long ass time. I mean, Paul hired me when I was twenty six. Yeah, I mean, and knew nothing. You know, I was such a, a green. I I I felt like I knew less than my classmates did. You know, <laughs> and I don't know why he hired me, honestly. But anyway, it's just been a slow climb since then. But the the point is, is um, what I'm saying here is. When I know someone very well, mm-hmm. like I, I last year I hired a student who was in my class for like two or three years. I knew her extremely well. I see, and then she applied, and I and I was like, I know this person so well. I don't. We don't need to interview this person. Right. I, I know that you know. That's I. And then there are other people that actually will apply who I know very well, and I won't hire them. You know, yeah. because I'm like, ah, I don't think that's because good. you know them. Right. Yeah. And so, so, I, as a personality assessor, will work that into my evaluation yeah. process, but it's based on, on personal experience. You know,
1: I've always felt that if you can do it, uh, a program where you can let people do the job for a bit and then decide. Well, they call that probation, yeah, um, which is
0: never really uh, uh, followed. Do you know what I mean?
1: Well, it it does work in some industries where you have things like contract work and full-time work. contract, yeah. Yeah, because then what you do, I mean, this used to be the case in one of my old jobs, is you would basically just have a low barrier to entry for a contract job. You'd still interview and stuff like that, but it wouldn't feel so final. Yeah. You know it's less of a commitment. Yeah, and then and then if they weren't work out there was no agreement like you could let them go in 2 weeks. Right. And granted that would suck cuz you got, but it was still way better. And then at some point you're like, "You know what? We have an opening for a full-time position and then this person has been proving themselves." Right. So there's pros to that. The con
0: with that is it creates this massively oppressive system for the contract worker yes, this is true. in which they are basically required to do better than their peers right. by working 80 hours a week and sacrificing their family for the job. Right. And, uh, you know, it's it, it's it's unfair, and it, yeah, it's it's basically that. anti-labor. Do you know what I mean? It can be that way, yeah. You're right. Uh, okay, so let's talk about the measures, the different tests that are used in employment after the break. What do you say? Let's do it. All right, we're back from the break. If you haven't become a patron of the podcast, do so now by going to patreon.com. We always love it when people become patrons of the podcast. When you become a patron, you get access to all of our deep dives into various different things, our secret episodes, of which probably we do about every week. There's probably a patron-only episode, maybe every other week. Okay, let's get into the measures so, there are four different kinds of measures that are used. Can, can you identify those those different categories of psychological tests that are used?
1: Um, emotional uh, intelligence? Yeah. Um, I
0: mean, that's... Um, well, Well, Is continue. it more granular than that? Or? No, it's bigger than that. Oh, it's
1: bigger than that. Okay. Well, maybe... Um, per- well, in a sense. I don't know. Okay. So, interpersonal relationships or like how you get along with others. Yeah. Yeah. And then... Uh, so
0: those two that you just said, we're going to put under what we call personality tests. Oh, I see. So th- those are all under the umbrella of personality testing. Oh,
1: okay. So intelligence testing?
0: Yeah. It's, so cognitive abilities number two.
1: Okay. So there's personalities, there's cognitive. Uh, there is maybe ad- adjustment or like... Uh, That's personality. Is that still personality? Uh, oh, maybe uh, how you deal with stress? Is that still personality? Yeah, it's still personality. does the left?
0: Uh, <laughs> well, there's components of personality that <laughs> maybe you're thinking are not categories among themselves, but the other two categories are, they call them integrity tests, which are to see how honest you are and how how likely you are to embezzle from the company, essentially. I see. And the other one are, are clinical measures of psychopathology, which are sometimes, oh, okay. which okay. are sometimes. I could, I could see that. under the, the personality umbrella, but we're going to bust those out and okay. their, their own category. So let's talk about personality measures first. There are many different ones that are used. The Caliper Profile. There's a California measure. The the PAI Gallup Strengths Finder. That that one is. Um, trying to find your strengths instead of you know, deficits, emotional intelligence tests, as as you indicated, the Myers Briggs. Incidentally, the the people who make Myers Briggs publicly state it should not be used in the workplace as a mm. valid measure because they say that's more subtle than that. It, you know, there's, it's not like you can look at a particular. Uh, you know, Myers-Briggs type indicator and say, oh, that person is blank. You know, it's, it's not that simple as
1: what they're saying. Well, I'm an ENTJ, aren't I? Um, are you? I think I was an ENTJ.
0: I'm whatever the teacher is. I just remember <laughs> when you, when you look at the different labels, I, I'm, I'm the teacher. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, which I don't know, it was like narcissistic and, and know-it-all-y. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and the 16 personality factor questionnaire, big five sort of things. So um, things like uh, questions on tests like this are simple things. Like when I find myself in a boring situation, I usually tune out and daydream. What? True, yeah, true <laughs> or false. When a when a big uh, – oh, sorry. When a bit of tact or convincing is needed to get people moving, I'm usually the one who does it. Right. That kind of thing. So, so there are – Uh, it's usually very simple questions like that. Like, I am frequently upset at other people or I I sometimes have trouble managing my anger or I deal with stress by drinking (laughs) or... I I like people, or I have good self esteem. Like these are the kinds of questions that are on these things. And
1: it must go with my personality type. That as you're naming these questions, I I'm like I want to take these tests again. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you want to, I mean, I I
0: I, I have access to hundreds of measures. If you want to take them, um, so we I mean we could redo some of them. Again well, because I
1: think you... as a kid I learned, obviously not not truthfully, but my impression was if I do good on tests, it means I'm really smart. (laughs) So then I always feel like, oh, ask me questions that I can answer.
0: (laughs) Well, incidentally, we did do an IQ test on you and you scored like in the 99.9 percentile. So, But
1: But that was the one I didn't care for as much. (laughs) (laughs) I want the ones that are easier, that I can just answer with my gut. (laughs) So so these are personality tests and
0: right away you can tell, well, there's something kind of funny here because it's all based on self-report. You're not objectively testing someone's personality right right you're right, right. asking them <laughs> to answer questions
1: you're not observing them for 20 years right. and
0: you're not analyzing them. them you're you're just asking them questions right. in terms and so if for instance you're at Microsoft and you're hiring someone and you give them a test that one of these like the 16 personality factor questionnaire and one of the questions is I don't deal well with authority. Mm. H- how do you think the the, <laughs> the, the applicant is going to answer that question? Yeah.
1: It's like screw the
0: man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I I frequently disobey my superiors, you know. It's Fuck like the police. Yeah. It's like <laughs> I wonder what they're looking for at this job. Um, okay, so number two, the integrity tests. This is the second category we're gonna talk about. It's used to figure out if someone is how honest they are, how devious they are, how psychopathic they are. Uh, Basically, are they going to steal from the employer um, in some way or or another? Um, how, How much money annually do American businesses lose from employee theft each year?
1: Ooh, all American businesses from theft
0: from from employees only. From not,
1: employee theft?
0: Yeah, not like Winona Ryder theft, oh my God. but
1: $10 million,
0: 20 billion. No, come on. Yeah. Get real. Well, our our economy is, you know, what
1: in the trillions. 20 billion dollars? Yeah. That must include some Wall Street shenanigans. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, I can tell you at least two of those dollars wow. are from, are from me. Like I take a pen from work every now and then or something.
1: Twenty billion
0: percentage of business oh. failures. What percentage of business fail each year? Or no? What what percentage of businesses? Uh, so of all the businesses that fail, what percentage are due uh, at least in part to employee
1: theft? Oh, come on. Five percent,
0: thirty percent. No,
1: no. How can this be? It's a major problem. Like thirty uh, percent.
0: I actually, wow. I actually have a friend, a friend of a friend. Let's call her a friend of a friend, oh. who is still paying off her uh, debt to society as a result of embezzling tens of thousands oh. of dollars from her workplace.
1: Oh my God.
0: I actually had a client uh, in the beginning of my career who was mandated to therapy because he had embezzled a bunch of money from his oh. his place of business.
1: Do, do you realize that what we need to do to make money then is go into business where I'll infiltrate companies and, and, and steal as much as I can. Clearly, there's like $20 billion there for the taking. Yeah. And you consult companies on how to reduce... Employee crime, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and between the two of us, we'll just—I'll <laughs> say. Well, first off,
0: do not hire. People. Well, no, first off, don't. Well, but we'll be in cahoots. Yeah, so, so, I'll say. First off, Colombians are <laughs> are spotless, man. You don't don't worry. <laughs> right. Don't worry about them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so this is why the polygraph was its primary use was oh, wow. to try to figure out who these people were. Uh, common tests are the London House PSI, the Employee Attitude Inventory EAI, the Read Report, the Stanley Survey, and I like this one, the Trustworthiness Attitude Survey.
1: <laughs> Very A- direct.
0: Examples, again, this is all self-report uh, of questions. Will, will everyone steal at work if the conditions are right? Oh, interesting. What, what, what would you say to that, yes or no? Well,
1: What's- I would say no, but I could see... Why someone would say yes because they think it's just a matter of the conditions. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, I mean,
0: yeah, uh, another question. Do you believe you are too honest to steal at work?
1: Right. I could again, well, that one's interesting. I think if I were thinking that I might steal from work, I might still say, "I am too honest to right, steal from right. work."
0: <laughs> another question: do you think it is humanly possible for the average person to be completely honest on the job?
1: Right. Okay. These are the, I I can now see how they do this because I was sitting here thinking, like, what questions are they going to ask? But these general ones, they'll say, oh, well, I mean, if you generalize, well, sure, no one's really honest. Yeah. And then they can get you there. Right. It's like, aha. Right. (laughs) All right.
0: So the research, what do you think? Do they work? Do these integrity tests actually identify people (laughs) who are likely to less
1: Less than 50% success, I'm going to think. Well,
0: so you're saying
1: they do work to some extent but not I'm I'm going to give it like a 40% success rate.
0: Okay. It's hard to put it in a percentile sure. but but yeah, you're you're right. That's the way I would put it, not the 40%, but the first bit. They basically work sort of in some situations. And right. some research has actually found that they work they work pretty well. Oh, interesting. For example, one uh, a study looked at a group of convenience stores. So they're hiring mm-hmm. cashiers and stuff to work at a convenience store, and they use the PS, PSI integrity test to select employees. And guess what? Reduction in inventory shrinkage due to theft. So, so right. they so they know exactly in the Seven Eleven they know generally every month how much inventory yeah. they've lost due to shrinkage. They don't know if it's from the Uh, Employee or from customers. So, how much did when they when they actually started using this test to hire people? What reduction in In the disappearance
1: of their percentage
0: wise did they experience at this convenience store?
1: All right, twenty percent reduction. Fifty percent. Fifty. Wow. Yeah. See, that's that's not bad. No, that's a survey you want to implement. Right now, twenty percent would have been.
0: Now, other other now that's you know. Uh, uh, maybe a place where there's a fair amount of theft, right? Because I'm trying to think at sure. Antioch with my job, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out like how or what I would steal. Yeah, paper and pens, right? Yeah, like <laughs> I, 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 there's nothing I, There's nothing that they have that I want, you know right. what I mean, or that anyone wants, right. uh, other than like, write papers and pens, which, right. you know, can't be that expensive. And
1: at other places, like if you work in an in a IT or like a computer place, you literally have to steal the computers, like extra right. monitors, extra, right. you know, because it's not like you have a whole bunch of, unless you have maybe if it's a place that has free drinks and free food, I suppose you could be loading your car every night with that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Other studies show similar results, maybe not quite as dramatic, but uh, similar results. And so there is some u- utility to using integrity tests. Number three, we have clinical measures that identify psychopathology, like the MMPI two, the Minnesota Multiphasic Personality Inventory, second edition that I had oh, used. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. Didn't uh, that come out like borderline psychop- psychopathy? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, you
0: kidding. you you can it, it it revealed I can't remember the exact personality type it revealed. You had a couple you had a couple peaks, yeah. but none of them I th- I don't think any of them were in the pathology <laughs> range. Yeah. And uh, I'd have to look that up again. but I, And I know I still have it. I actually have it in the garage. I know where it is. <laughs> but anyway, questions like, I certainly feel worthless sometimes. Or right. my sex life is satisfactory. Right. Or I am very seldom troubled by constipation.
1: <laughs> that's a great one.
0: Uh, Once in a while, I think of things too bad to talk about.
1: Yeah, that's a subtle, good question. So
0: we're getting... so. You can tell by these questions that they're much more personal than yeah. some of the questions we've talked about so far, right. and and these I, these are you know the MMPI are used by psychologists to diagnose people, yeah, and that's its primary usage, and and it the MMPI is being used right now in hiring procedures.
1: That's that seems a little sketchier.
0: Yeah, that's pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, again, we had personality measures, integrity measures, we had clinical measures, and number four, we have cognitive mm-hmm. measures, IQ tests, this sort of thing. To me, this is the most, uh, aside from the integrity measures, which um, I, I, I think makes sense, the, the IQ tests make total sense. Sure. If you're hiring someone that, and they need to be smart, because IQ In general, is associated with a lot of employment performance kinds of things. Even if you're working at the Seven Eleven, the smarter you are, the the the, generally speaking, not everybody, the more likely you're going to perform better. You're going to be able to figure stuff out better. Your working memory is better. Your your brain speed is faster. Your uh, logic ability is is better. You keep track of things. Your your task. Uh, you know, what do you call it? Sequencing and following that task are 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 enhanced.
1: Even the military has a minimum. That's pretty low, right? But they have a minimum IQ to qualify for military. Interesting. So to me, this makes sense. Now, many jobs,
0: the IQ, what what the general IQ test measures, is what we call G and uh it might so if if you're going to become like like your band, your tribute band. Yeah. Do you need someone to be a genius?
1: Yeah, or? well pretty close to it. I mean <laughs> because you know like people are ruthless out there and you need to be smart enough to be able to deal with the criticisms.
0: Yeah. Like you're not hip hop.
1: So if you're not at least a 80 85 IQ, yeah. You don't belong in my band.
0: Right. So with your band you're looking for a different aptitude a different yeah. cognitive ability that doesn't have anything to do with necessarily with what IQ tests measure right. what you're looking for is the ability – well, what would you – what are the different things you'd be looking for?
1: Well, for example, for a drummer, I don't care how dumb they are, as long as they can hit that beat on time. Well,
0: everyone else that Drummers are dumb anyways.
1: <laughs> 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 kidding, just <a> little... kidding. <laughs> if Paul's out there. Calm down. <laughs> uh, Carlitos way. All right. But, um, yeah, no, you know, you want, uh, you know, musicianship. Uh, the, are they sensitive to the, the music, the pieces we're playing? Do they – Do they have that artistic, you know? So that's a different
0: thing that um, maybe there's a measure for, but might not be related to IQ. So what's the difference between these? One of these is not like the others. So I'll say them again. You got the personality measures. Mm -hmm. You got the integrity measures. Mm -hmm. You have the clinical measures Mm -hmm. and you have the IQ measures or the cognitive ability measures, which one of these is
1: not like the others. I think the clinical one. How so? Well, I mean, for one thing, when you get diagnosed, that can have medical implications. That could even have, I suppose, legal implications down the line if yeah. someone can right. Claim so, that, you know. right,
0: absolutely. So, we'll get into that in a second. Um, what's another uh, thing that's different about at least one of these?
1: Uh, the uh, oh, about a different one, not yeah. the one I mentioned.
0: Well, you could be, but I'm I'm looking for a different distinguishing factor.
1: Well, let's see. Uh, IQ measures ask you questions try to see how smart is more. Okay, so I'd say that the, the one that seems more subjective than the others to me, is the, um, the honesty one, even though it, it did seem like it had some good results. Yeah. Um, well,
0: actually, what the, if we extend what you're saying, the personality, integrity and clinical measures are all subjective. And the the cognitive is the most objective. So so sure, you so yeah. you know you could be it could be a bad day, mm-hmm. and everything could get thrown off on the personality thing.
1: I see what you're saying. You
0: could lie on the integrity thing, mm-hmm. the 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 psychopathology test. You could lie on that one too. Uh, IQ you can't fake that. <laughs> so you might have a bad
1: day, but you can't fake being good at it. Uh, right, you might have a bad right, exactly. Yeah, like so you might, might
0: be stressed, low sleep,
1: whatever, and, that and, might and your number
0: you. might come down yeah. as a result of that. But you can't, you fake, sort of can't be like, you well, can't fake being a genius, right? Like today you know I'm going mean? to be one sixty, yeah. just
1: just for today. <laughs> yeah.
0: So whereas the other ones, if you know how to do it, and I'm actually telling you as someone myself who has studied this and and I administer these tests, I could absolutely game the system if I had to. Right. If someone, I could, I could, I know these tests forwards and backwards (laughs) i know exactly what to do i know how to evade the validity tests Uh, i i i would know exactly if so if if for instance i wanted to fake having an illness i would know what questions what questions now what other people don't know necessarily in terms of faking is there are questions in there designed to trick you to revealing that you're faking yeah Um, questions like uh, well, I, maybe I shouldn't even tell you yeah. what, what the questions are. But were the point
1: like. is that there's some some that are meant to be that if you're trying to on purpose right. s- that you don't know what you're doing,
0: right? But I know what I'm doing, right. and I actually know those questions and can right. identify. them. Whereas
1: with IQ, it's like at most you could practice some of the classes of problems right. and you know improve a couple points, but but not it, much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: It, you know the the kinds of things on an IQ test are. The ability to remember a string of numbers, wait, what did you just say <laughs> um, okay, so what's what are the problems that we haven't identified yet with these uh, these tests with regards to hiring?
1: Uh, by the way, the remembering one was one of my worst ones. I hate remembering things well, you Ugh. still
0: did amazingly well <laughs> though right. you, you were still like in the ninety seven percent I
1: think it's because I used the whole uh you know that thing where you visualize and you put little pieces inside of a castle or a well so i want to be I, I, I,
0: I the reason why you remember that is because the test is designed to be smarter than the smartest human being Sure. so at a certain point you got to a point where you're like i can't do that
1: i can't do that yeah but the, it felt but
0: you did better than 97 <laughs> yeah. of everyone else so right. think how hard it was for other people
1: okay i give i give okay so uh, ask me the question again what are what's a problem?
0: A major problem with these tests that we haven't discussed yet.
1: Um, okay, well, I know with IQ, there's been a lot of controversy in the past about whether or not it it would vary based on uh, on your background, like socioeconomic or or um, cultural background.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, for, that's that's the main problem that we haven't talked yeah. about yet. There are major cultural differences, one, in the way people respond to these tests, and two, with the way they were designed. Mm. All these tests were normed on white (laughs) Americans, and and a lot of them have been normed on uh, certain regions of white Americans. Many years ago. Yeah, like the MMPI, for instance. It's called the Minnesota (laughs) Multiphasic, you know. And and so it— and when they study this sort of thing, for instance, the IQ test, even though you have say an African American person who is just as smart as someone else, they will score sometimes ten points on average lower than their counterpart mm. because the questions are geared to, are they basically the questions assume that you understand certain things baseline. Mm. And different cultures, different different ethnicities, different backgrounds will give you different a different set of baseline knowledge, and that will uh, be different and throw you off. Hispanic people tend to also score, I think, a five points lower on average, and and this that's a big difference. The difference right. between one hundred and ten IQ and one hundred IQ that's that's a huge that big, leap. That's yeah. almost that's almost a standard deviation, and so so it's it's a big deal. Also, with personality tests, it's probably even worse with those right so
1: you know like, what like you
0: grow you grow up in the hood and lots of people around you are struggling economically, and there's and in order to you know in order to survive, you've gotta survive and if that means occasionally shoplifting then that's what that means right right and so um you know, the integrity questions that, that we went over, uh, will everyone steal at work if the conditions are right? Mm. Well, if you come from a different background where and a different set of mores, right. uh, then there people are, are going to answer that question differently. And that's just one very crude example as to what right. sort of backgrounds could affect the way you would answer these questions, you know?
1: Um, did you see, there was a thing at today or yesterday where a female reporter was asking a football player a question about how they run their lines or something like that and the football player said he just laughed he's like huh, it's funny to hear a, a woman asking about you know lines and how i run the lines <laughs> and that was his answer oh no and then later he clarified uh, not in the same conference later he's like well i guess i should have said reporter right That was his clarification. I guess I should have said report. Yeah, it's it's like so so biased, and and you know this is a person who's like a professional reporter for sports, right? Yeah, Uh,
0: I'm. I I hope there's something like this out there, but if there isn't, someone should make it. Is. Women reporters in men's sports and what their experience is like because right. I just can't imagine <laughs> the, the the variety of stories. Of course, there are very respectful dudes in yeah, yeah. in pro sports uh, for sure, but the you know I'm sure these people have a story. Okay,
1: yeah. By the way, one one bias that I have noticed um, that I have is when I hear someone speaking in English. With a thick accent from certain parts of the world, but not all, my mind automatically feels like they're not as smart. Totally. That's why, like in
0: Game of Thrones and stuff, whenever Mm -hmm. they want someone who's supposed to be sort of foolish, Mm -hmm. they have what I believe they call a cockney accent, accent, right? right? Or a certain kind of English accent, or in America, it's a it's it's Southern a Georgian British, accent. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's the dumbest. We're stupid yeah. humans. Like <laughs> like we hear an accent and we immediately have ideas as to right. their intelligence. I
1: hear a certain refined British accent. I'm like, I'm listening to every word that person is saying. Yeah. All right. So yeah.
0: effectiveness. What percentage of organizations actually have data to prove that? there is a positive business impact on their assessment strategy. A percentage of businesses have, have data that say, yep, our assessment strategy has a positive impact on our... 25%. Rate. Close 14%. So it's not many. Now, it's hard to measure, and maybe a lot of businesses don't actually bother with measuring mm-hmm. it because it's not that big of a deal to them. But but uh, but not that many. But, you know, 14%, that's not bad. All right. It's not nothing, yeah. Right. Uh so what does the research say the the non-business funded research you know what is the mm-hmm. actual research well compared to other hiring selection practices personality assessments are the least effective am- ah. among those four Interesting Yeah whereas cognitive ability I- mm-hmm. IQ tests and integrity tests are actually they're actually better at predicting someone's performance at a job
1: Interesting
0: So so when you're hiring someone, the IQ test makes sense and the integrity test makes sense. but the personality assessment and the uh, psychopathology assessments, those are not as predictive of mm. job performance. but kind of, and you know, if you have the time, you might you could throw that in there if you want. You, the, the thing is is it's all about validity, right?? right. Are you measuring what you think you're measuring? And is that thing measuring actually applicable to you? Mm. So, for instance, if you were hiring a, a salesperson, would you, Berto, think you would want someone who is extroverted or introverted? Just intuition. Yeah, extroverted. Yeah, it makes sense. You you want someone who's extroverted. Right. Salespeople they talk to people, blah blah. But actually, data shows that extroversion doesn't have anything to do with sales ability. You can really? have a you can have an introverted person who is actually very good at sales. Wow. Because it's more complicated than that, right. you know. That you're, and they're at work. They, yeah. when they go home, they might process things in one way, but when they're at work, it's a whole different thing. Right, right. So, so trying to figure that out, because, and you can see employers going like, "Well, I want extroverted people," and they don't have any data that they're basing it on. It's just mm. sort of like their their thought process, you know.
1: Actually, I know someone who's a teacher who uh, is normally introverted. Well the way I know them is, is, is introverted, but is a very good teacher. And that means standing daily in front of large groups of judgmental kids right, right. and being totally fine with it. Exactly.
0: Also, personality doesn't... When you measure personality, even if you do create a valid measure and the person doesn't lie, that doesn't mean that these people don't have uh, ways of adapting or coping. It doesn't mean... You know, you're, you're not testing for... Do they have workarounds? Because mm. you, you take a fifty-year-old person who ha, ha, who struggles with worry. Right. Well, the, they might have like elaborate coping mechanisms that really work that another person with only mild anxiety doesn't have. Right, and so it's it's hard. It doesn't necessarily measure for that. So, but overall, the gestalt that I have after reading the research is to answer the question is it effective and is it worth it? I would say it depends on your funds. And it depends, I think, also on your culture. For example, if you're hiring at Microsoft and you're hiring thousands of people every day, mm. then I think it might be worth it to throw in an IQ test, a real, a real, real fast IQ test. Mm. Maybe a real fast integrity test, and maybe weed
1: out a little bit.
0: Yeah, give give you a little bit more data because you're you're dealing with thousands upon thousands of resumes and stuff, and it's just like, and you have a big enough data set even among your own employees to to make some predictions, you know, based on those findings. However, like at Antioch, when I hire for professors, or when I am uh, letting people in the program or not. As students, I think it's it's not as relevant, you know. I I don't. I'm trying to think of if I would care what the results would be on a personality test because I'm much more. Uh, I can tell pretty well one by the recommendation that I can get from someone else, mm-hmm. and two when I interact with them, and three when I actually watch them teach because we actually they actually do you know demonstrations. Right, I can tell right away. Like we had a we had a guy who applied a couple years ago and he was way overqualified for the job. He had been in a, he had been a professor for decades. He was a program director at a huge program uh, in another part of the country. And when we looked at him on resume, we're just like, I think he's, mm-hmm. he's hiring down to this position, you know, right. like he should, he should be running the program, not working for it, you know? But then we watched him actually teach, and my God, it was awful.
1: Oh, no. I mean,
0: I was like, what (laughs) are you talking about? I mean, I sat there for an hour and a half just sort of – he was speaking English, but I had no idea what he was talking about. Wow. And I, I knew what he was trying to get at, but I was like, that is the most convoluted. I don't even know if you understand what you're talking about, you know? <laughs> and, and right away, I was like, you know, probably like 15 minutes in, I'm like, this guy, no freaking way. Interesting. Like, I, I, maybe he's a great administrator and a great right. program director, but, but based on the resume, it but sounded. He's a, but he's a terrible teacher, yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway. Uh, okay, so um because as as we were saying earlier what else do we have when we're hiring people like at Microsoft right yeah. you, you have the resume you have the interview you got the references you might have their diploma and their gpa and right. their you know their other kinds of things and you're already kind of shooting in the dark yeah. and so why not illuminate it a little bit more with yeah. a little bit more
1: data. what's funny is uh microsoft uh, and a lot of companies like that used to do sort of the equivalent of an ad hoc improv mini i q test because they would ask these kind of puzzle questions these oh. these mental challenges right yeah yeah but then they they got away from that because well i don't know the exact reasoning, but it seemed like what what it was doing is it was it was finding them smart people uh, or at least smart people in some narrow sense, but not necessarily people that could do. The work they wanted them to do, so it was too narrow. It was too narrow of a right. Of a so focus. well, it, or maybe
0: what we could say is they were putting too much weight on yeah. that measure and not enough weight on observing their actual work. Yeah. yeah. Right. All right. Let's take a break, and we get back. Let's talk about how to lie on these tests. All right. We're back from the break. If you haven't already uh, gone to Facebook and liked our Facebook page, and also become a member of the Facebook fan group. Do so now. The Facebook fan group always has fun little uh, conversations happening there. You can go there, share pictures right. um, and your experiences. And uh, I don't. Ha- do you ever go to that fan uh, group from page? time to time? Yes.
1: Or I see something that that was liked on that page, and then I like check it out. Or uh, okay. Yeah.
0: Um, I purposely avoid it because I don't want them to. Feel like they can't complain about me. So maybe I'll
1: create a fake account and start like trolling. Yeah, <laughs> but you can also patronize us. Yeah, what do you mean? <laughs> like if you if you want to become a patron, you could patronize us. Oh, I see.
0: So how how do you lie on these tests? Well on the personality tests you can lie on the psychopathology tests you can lie and the integrity tests you can lie on the IQ tests as we said you can't lie
1: you can lie as in you can make it lower yeah, you, yeah you, can,
0: you could you could bomb it <laughs> um, now what at, in psychology this is a problem that i have with psychology people who do assessments who who, who make a living doing assessments when i ask them well are you sh- how sure are you that the person doesn't know how to trick you, and they're like, "Oh, I can tell. <laughs> I can always tell." You know, but to me, I'm like, "Well, everyone can always tell." Like it's like the statement, "I've never seen a toupee that I couldn't identify."
1: <laughs> right, right, right,
0: right. It's like, well, What yeah. about the toupees that were so good you couldn't identify? Right. Them? And so, for a psychologist to say, "I've I've always caught people lying," it's like, well what about the people who lied so well that you didn't catch them right and and it's my what i'm saying is the of anecdotally the psychologists who specialize in assessments that i've talked to they are biased they they are either arrogant in my opinion about their abilities or and their that the the ability of their measures to detect lies or they're so afraid of the notion that someone could lie to them that they'd go into denial about it. Because right. their entire business is based on the ability to objectively measure things right. and yeah. to objectively report on things and to tell the court, nope. I assessed him, and he has schizophrenia, you know. <laughs> I've assessed him, and he, he was insane at the time of the crime. And there's no, black, there's no gray. It's black and white. Right. He was insane at the time of the crime, and here, uh, here are my data. You know, it, it's the, the world of forensics, and uh, particularly forensics in courts, but, but also just general assessments, is, is such that uh, it, it ends up breeding that kind of attitude. And as someone who chose not to go into that field, because I I don't particularly care for the the day-to-day work of it, I don't have that need to delude myself. Right. (laughs) And I'm here to tell you that when you actually look at these tests, especially when you become educated on how to use them, you're like, if someone was smart enough, they, they could probably game it, you know, especially if they knew someone who, like me, Right. if they came to me and said, Kirk, how do I trick this? I'd be like, it's pretty easy. Here's how you do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I could, I could reveal the tips in probably two sentences right now that could ruin, that would give anyone right. a pretty good chance to actually trick a test. And it, cause it's not complicated, Yeah. but cause the ways in which they test to see if you're lying, they're not super complicated. Right. Psychologists, do not have a special ability to read people's minds. Oh, they don't? If we did, crime and criminal proceedings would be, you know, 3% <laughs> the length, right? Humans if they want to lie that, you know, then it's and they're good at it, it's hard to detect. So, so there's that. There's also websites that and services that t- that teach you how to trick these tests. Mm. Because you know, so you have a whole industry testing people for uh, hires, and then of course another industry <laughs> pops up that says right. how, how to trick that. How to
1: trick?
0: That. It's and it's not. A, it can't be illegal, right? It's it's just like no. how, you know, it's it's just helping you with your prospects, right? So, what advice do you think they give on
1: these websites? Um, well, let's see. For the personality one, uh, they they probably tell you to not answer. Try to not answer with extremes, you know, try to like answer down the middle of the road. Yeah. What you would expect a, a vanilla person to say. <laughs> right, right. So they say that, but they also said something
0: interesting. They said you should read the company website and, and read their social media posts to figure out and maybe the job description and of? maybe even talk to someone at the, at, the, at the company to kind of figure out what the culture
1: is. Oh, that's yeah, that's a good point, especially for personality. Right. Not so much for the, the theft one or the, the honesty right. one. You could generally think like, well, listen, Right. just in general, be a Boy Scout. <laughs> right. But I I think this is good advice anyway. In fact, I tell people
0: this when a lot of students come to me asking me for advice about how to get an internship or how to get hired. And among many things that I tell them, one of the things I tell them is go to the website, maybe even talk to someone who works there and figure out what kind of culture they have there. Yeah. Is it a very interactive culture or is it a more uh, work-on-your-own kind of culture? Is it uh, a small business where everyone knows each other or is it a big business where da-da-da? Uh, what's the mission statement? What kinds of things yeah. are they getting involved in? What do they care about? What are they? How? What's the identity of that agency? So when they ask you questions, you can say things, you know, if the identity of a particular agency is to give back to the local community and marginalize. And they, they identify, like, LGBTQ people and right. and poor people or something. And when you are interviewed, you could say, well, I'm passionate about uh, helping marginalized community." I mean, you're yeah. not lying. You're just sort of highlighting a, yeah. a particular thing that you – Have uh, guessed that maybe they will. Right, they will mark down on their rating sheet. Oh, this person fits with our culture. Like you probably
1: don't want to be quoting Gordon Gecko during your interview, unless (laughs) unless it's that sort (laughs) of thing. A Wall Street interview. (laughs) Yeah,
0: and so when you take the test, that could influence things, right? So if if you figure out it's like, oh, this place is very energetic. There's a lot of extroverts. And so when you're taking the tests, you know, I like to talk to people a lot. And if you're sort of borderline, you say, well, yeah. you know, I'll say, I'll say yes to that, you know. Um, okay. Now, what does the research say about lying? Uh, any ideas about what the research might say about, about lying on these personality tests?
1: About how to do it or or about how to –
0: I don't know. Any findings that you could imagine that I might have in front of me?
1: (laughs) Okay. Well, I mean I would imagine that that people quite often lie uh, when taking these tests uh, in in categories where it might make them look bad. Right. Because even if they're told like, look, we're not going to – they might still feel like, oh, someone's going to read this and – Totally. To I- imagine you're
0: you're applying for a job at Microsoft, and one of the questions is, "I lose my temper all the time." Right. I mean, just imagine right. what would go through a person's mind to say, <laughs> "Yep, I lose my temper lots." You know. What
1: kind of fucking question is this? I don't lose my fucking temper. <laughs>
0: now, what the research actually says is that people people are actually honest usually, even when it hurts them on these tests. Really, they, I, there's something about. The human need to be congruent that causes people to potentially shoot themselves in the foot when they're answering the questions like this.
1: (laughs) Did I ever tell you about my very first job interview ever? What? Okay, so I was in high school and a friend of mine worked at Old Country Buffet. Uh, in fact, it's our mutual friend Ron <laughs> in Tacoma. In Tacoma, and he was like, and, and I was like, man, I need a job. You know, I need a job for the summer. And he's like, oh, just just interview here. Anyone? He's like, anyone can get hired. You just need a pulse. It's fine. So I go and I'm like, sweet. So I get my interview, and they're asking me the questions. And you know, like, tell us about uh, you know maybe a flaw that you might have. Or oh something. God! And I'm like, hey, can you imagine, young young bardo? I'm like, well. Sometimes I I really procrastinate and, you know, and it tends to be really an issue because like I'll wait till the last second on Sunday and I won't have been doing my homework and then I get like really – and I start basically like going to therapy with this interviewer and then, and, you know, like just – it's horrible, but I don't. I'm not realize. I'm not self aware enough to know that I'm just basically digging a six foot hole. And eventually, you know, they're like, "Well, thank you very much." Obviously, I don't get a call back, and I told my friend about it, and he's like, "Why did you? Just keep your dumb mouth shut next time." <laughs> you say something like, "I care too much" or something like that.
0: Right. It's really hard for people to lie. Is is something? I mean, people will maybe edge things in a particular direction but uh, for, for the most part the research shows that uh, people are often honest on these kinds of kinds of tests um, and what about how to prevent people from lying how do you how, what are some what are two techniques that you can do mm-hmm. as you're administering the test that can stop people from lying
1: well one would be actually to make them feel s- like it's a safe environment. Okay, so um, I, I don't know exactly, but maybe verbiage, either written or or told to them before, with lots of caveats about how this is not going to be used to like you know hold it against you or whatever. Okay. Like, just make them feel like it's safe. You could just you know uh, that might be one thing. The, the other one might be, um, well, certainly in the way that the questions are are ordered and things like that. If you um, if you make it so that it's not so obvious, like here's all the bad ones, you know. But rather, it's like they're interspersed, so it kind of throws you off a rhythm.
0: Okay, yeah, I suppose those those might work, but those weren't identified in the literature. The two in the literature are to tell them, look, don't lie because we can tell when you're lying.
1: Oh, it's the opposite. Yeah,
0: it's make them not feel safe. Right. Uh, <laughs> but then the other, but then the second one is along the lines of safety, which is. Also, don't lie because we're actually trying to match you up with the best sort of job. Right. And if you lie on it, you know, for example, if you think we're looking for an extrovert and you end up and you're introverted and you end up answering in all these extroverted ways, yeah. you're going to get a very extroverted job and you're going to hate it. Right. And and, and everyone's going to hate you. So don't do that to yourself. Like, <laughs> okay. fill it out normally because we're trying to actually figure out... If where the best fit is for right. you, you know that makes sense. Yeah. Um, now let me ask you this: uh, uh, When people engage in, in so, I don't know how to work this into a question, but I'll just tell you, there are people who lie, and they tend to uh, measure when they actually measure their personality on how honest and how moral they are. They the people who lie guess what, tend to have low honesty and low morality, right? Right. <laughs> so, so the people who test low honesty tend to be not very honest on tests. <laughs> and they uh, will follow these people around okay. in, p- for hiring and for work performance. And what they find is that they are more likely to engage in deviant behaviors at work, um, And they're more likely to get hired than an honest person.
1: Oh, of course. Yeah. Wow.
0: So so that's interesting, right? So not only are they finding, yes, there are some people who have personality traits that cause them to lie on these tests, but they're more likely to get hired (laughs) because employers and these tests can't figure out that they're lying. Right. Um, Which goes back to your earlier point of like, are
1: you sure you can tell? Right, exactly.
0: (laughs) All right, so we talked about the liability thing. Um, Now let's get into maybe some privacy. Is it an invasion of privacy to force an applicant or an employee to take one of these tests?
1: I mean, there are some things uh, in job applications that it seems like they they don't do, they can't do, or they... um, but, right, like on a job
0: application, they can't say, "Do you have an STD?" Yeah, or right. um, or do you enjoy your sex life?
1: And I don't think you can ask sexual orientation in an application. Right, but these
0: personality tests, like the MMPI, do
1: include that. Yeah, I guess you must have to sign a
0: waiver. <laughs> but if it's for for jobs, it, yeah. you know when it it's like people don't necessarily have. The choice about, you know, right. Uh, working, right? Yeah. they've got Everyone's got to work. Well, here are some uh, two different cases that will shed some light on how the courts rule on this. A firefighter applicant who didn't get the job, you know, he applied, he didn't get the job. Well, he was
1: not a cop. He was a firefighter.
0: And he sued because he thought he was being discriminated against based on the personality tests that he had to take. So he he you know he and other applicants took these personality tests, and he didn't get the job. And he's just like, look, it's bullshit that they assess my personality. It's an invasion of my privacy, mm. and they're discriminating against me because of my personality. It's bullshit. They, they can't do that. What do you think the courts did in that situation?
1: Firefighter, applying for a firefighter job. Yeah. Didn't get it because of these things. Um, yeah, I, I, I have a feeling they went with him. They didn't. Uh, They
0: went with the firefighting crew. The court said that it's okay because you need to screen out people who can't handle the pressures of the job.
1: Oh, maybe for something that critical, it's even a...
0: But it's kind of weird, right? Because it's like, like you said, like, I bet you that, you know, (sighs) it it seems like the court kind of just tries to figure this out. And the more I study the law, the more I realize that a lot of things are like this. Yeah, It's like... Individual judge opinion, essentially. Yeah, and who
1: said it when, and then others use that as yeah. a prior.
0: Right. Uh, someone applied for a security guard position in California at Target, at, at a Target store. And they had to take the MMPI, mm-hmm. which is the, one of the most revealing tests, right? And, and a bunch of other tests. And didn't get the job. And the security guard or applicant sued and said that the test questions were probing into his innermost feelings and were not job-related. Mm. What do you think the court did? Target.
1: Oh, okay. I think then they went with him because Target, who cares? If, <laughs> why do you need a personality test for Target?
0: Uh, yeah, but not for that. the reasons I don't think. The court agreed, finding that certain questions invaded the applicant's privacy mm. because they asked about sexual and religious preferences. Right. The MMPI is extremely... I mean, the purpose of the MMPI is to measure your entire personality from front to back. And also, it it asks questions that the designers of the test don't even necessarily know logically why they're connected to certain personality traits. Mm. So it's not like when they... it's Some of the questions are things like, I prefer newspaper over radio because it was developed in like the 40s <laughs> and 50s. And so there's some questions on the test. I don't know if that question's there anymore, but... There's some questions on the test that logically there's no logic you're not, you can't look at the question and go like oh I know what they're measuring there
1: but they measured that but there some, was a correlation
0: yeah there's a correlation okay. between the way people answer that question and a particular personality trait and so there's questions on there that are like really personal and weird mm. that are i are crossing the line according to the 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 law or the court. So the, the takeaway is when you're using these tests, you need to make sure that they're relevant really. Mm. And you need to make sure you're not going too far. Right. And I would say the MMPI should never be used for this sort of, it's way too invasive and that your personality test, uh, should be on the light side. Let's just say, um, uh, the final thing that I want to say that I found in the literature is that, so, so there's a lot of legal pressures to just not have assessments, right? It's right. like, well, we could avoid getting in trouble if we just hire people the old-fashioned way, look at resumes. We can still get sued for those kinds of things, <laughs> but at least we're not adding to the, to the right. likelihood of being sued. But you can actually be sued for not using assessments. Why do you think that is?
1: Oh, because um, at least the assessments is some sort of standard versus if you're not using the assessments, it's some biased opinion from one random interviewer.
0: Good. There's another reason too.
1: Um, Because uh, because other people are getting the benefit of being assessed via that method and you're not.
0: No. So the other reason is, say down the line, you have an employee who does something terrible, Hmm. who you have a truck driver who runs someone over or you have a McDonald's uh, cook who spits in all the hamburgers or something. Well, should you not have assessed that person before putting them in that position, the job is, uh, if you put the wrong person in that job, they have the potential to harm a lot of customers.
1: I was only thinking from the... The, the, the hiring, hiring right, yeah.
0: right, right. But yeah, people have been sued successfully for not doing enough hmm. in the hiring process enough to betting. to to screen out certain kinds of people. So that's interesting. All right. Well, what's the final word on this, Berto? What do you say?
1: Well, I think that the it sounds like there is value on things like uh, using some intellectual uh, testing. For weeding out, especially in like you were saying, large pools of applicants for intellectually challenging jobs, especially. Um, and it sounds like the honesty one uh, that you know got some nice stats behind why you might want to do it, especially in jobs where you know inventory control might be a premium, or but, or like Department of Defense or something, right? Or, but it, it does FBI seem and- like this is an area that's definitely rife for abuse and. You can imagine like all of a sudden, now we're going to start doing genetic testing too. Right. You know? Yeah. And so it it does make me a little nervous, but I could see how uh, applied judiciously it could be useful. Right. And along the way, (laughs) our
0: courts and advocacy groups and lawyers need to, and society and politicians need to talk about the, the fairness of it all. Yeah. We have apparently determined that some personality testing is fair if it seems to suss out a quality in that applicant that is very relevant to the job. Right. Whereas if you aren't doing that, then you can be sued and it is, it's deemed as unfair. What I'll say is before doing a deep dive on this, I was, was very skeptical of it because I'm, I'm, I'm generally skeptical of personality tests anyway because after studying it, I – again, the people who do this as a business are kind of they're, – they're incentivized to really prop it up as, as this really wonderful science. Sure. And in my opinion, it's it just isn't that great. Mm-hmm. Even the MMPI, which is supposed to be like the best, uh, other people would argue with that, is it, – it's sort of – I don't know. Some things are, I think – relevant at times like the big five when you when you measure people on the big five mm-hmm. we all know those openness to experience conscientiousness extroversion agreeableness neuroticism i think that is interesting and probably a valid measure on for the most part but when you start getting into like is this person going to be a good developer at microsoft yeah or is this person going to be a good firefighter for that matter I just don't know if personality tests can play a role in that. I think that it's just hard to tell. Is the yeah. thing? It's it's just always as a person who was hired and failed at hiring, I can tell you that it's just one of those things that you do your best and sometimes you completely fail at it. Right. Um. So I th- I just think we need to be careful, but I but I think that uh, there is some use for it. As you said, the integrity test seems pretty. Uh, low-key yeah. you're, you're just asking you know in general what's your attitudes about theft and about telling the truth right. and all that kind of stuff I,
1: I think you know it, it's for example if you can imagine Steve Jobs taking these sure he'd probably score very well on the IQ one um, but the integrity test integrity test if he awful. was being honest yeah. well unless he was lying which he probably would have been right yeah. <laughs> and there's things like that also I just watched the documentary about uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off yeah And that by itself is interesting. But they were talking a lot about John Hughes specifically. And like a typical artist, he's also not a well-rounded individual. So he would start projects and be super excited and very creative. And then he really would have a hard time following through and finishing them. He would be very, very late on deadlines uh, he would be, you know, micromanage his actors. Like all these kind of, you know, have personality outbursts. But then he put out all this great creative output. So it's, it's right. really so, hard to know who can do what. Right. So if a
0: movie house was hiring their next writer-director and they measured those kinds of traits, like follow-through, right. cantankerism, <laughs> right. they wouldn't hire him. Right. And they would pass up. On all those great movies. Right. Uh, Uncle, did he do Uncle Buck? One of my, you know, he Chris, you, you know, Chris, trains and movies, Chris Huber, his favorite movie is Uncle Buck. Uncle Buck. Buck. Cool. Uh, but Bre- Breakfast Club.
1: Breakfast Club, Pretty in Pink. Pretty Pink. Pink. Uh, he did Home Alone 2, though, okay. I, meaning Home Alone and Home Alone 2 and Home Alone 3.
0: <laughs> right. So the integrity test makes sense and the cognitive ability test makes sense for particular jobs, yeah. I think. The, the clinical measures I don't think should ever be used in a uh, setting outside of psychotherapy and forensics. And the personality tests, since research shows that they're pretty poor predictors of job performance, I think should be used sparingly and with a lot of caution. Yeah. All right. Well, that does it for that episode of Psychology in Seattle. Thanks for joining us out there. Please take care of yourself because
1: you deserve
0: it.